thank you. So you're on site. Um, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We're kind of halfway in between. And those of you who are online, thanks for joining us. Appreciate you uh, taking the time to participate with us. I'm looking forward to meeting you sometime in person. Those of you I have not had that pleasure of uh, doing, uh, doing so. So, uh, <coughs> intense. Y'all's welcome. Okay. Hey, uh, this is not going to come as a new uh, news flash to anyone, but uh, just as we look back at uh, this past year and forward into the new coming year, um, conflict and chaos swamp our world. Individually and globally. Individually, we have negative thoughts nagging us from the inside. Um, the more people we talk to, the more people I talk to anyway, the more I hear we just, yeah, everybody has this, these things in the back of their head that just, they wish they could turn them off. Uh, Outside of us, or we, we have in-your-face bullies and cyber bullies that attack. Uh, rapidly rising prices and <laughs> not rising wages uh, that fail to keep up. Uh, pressured families and individuals in every neighborhood, uh, in every town around the world. Um, Across the street and around the world, there's criminal violence. Some places are worse than others. Uh, there's political instability in some places. Um, there's just pl plain stupidity. It's easy for me to say. Well, it's not easy for me to say. That's the problem. There's political stubbornness in other places. Uh, there's civil wars, outright civil wars in some countries. There's... Uh, threats of wars and all kinds of tension between some countries and there's all out war in more than one place at least uh, that we know about. Um, where do you think all this comes from? It comes from us as human beings. We have this uh, terrible tendency uh, to think that uh, we want our own way. We want what we want, when we want it, and how we want it. Uh, and deep down inside, we start fussing and fighting, and uh, we want what we don't have, and we go after to get it, and some of us are willing to kill for it, and uh, others of us get caught in a crossfire. Uh, that killing can be both literal and figurative. Um, and that's our problem. We'll do whatever it takes. We will do whatever it takes to get our hands on and grasp what we want and keep it. And then we wonder why we're neck deep in conflict and chaos. 
so we're starting 2024, ending 2023, and starting 2024, wondering where we can turn to find calm in all this chaos. <coughs> the chaos of our lives. Now, we have not changed as human beings. We have not changed much in the few thousand years of recorded history. We, our technology has changed, but as human beings, we have not changed much at all. About 3,000 years ago, a shepherd named David was anointed and appointed to be the second king of Israel. Uh, interestingly enough, he was appointed before the first king was gone, which made the first king a little upset. Say he was a little upset would be putting it mildly. Uh, he put a price on David's head and launched a nationwide manhunt to get him. Uh, and by get him, I mean kill him. David escaped and he thought, oh, I'll, 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 I'll go to our next door neighbors, our enemies. The king will never invade our enemies in order to capture me. So I'll be safe there. Uh, so he goes to the next door enemies, the Philistines, uh, and he arrives in, in Goliath's hometown. Uh, some of you, that name may be familiar. If it's not familiar to you, let, well, the first time David really shows up in, 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 in the history, before he's uh, really known outside of his family circle, uh, he kills Goliath. Goliath was the, the Philistines' champion. He was a giant, about nine feet tall. Um, Bigger than Shaquille O'Neal, O'Neal, okay? Um, I like Shaq, but Shaq would have felt small next to Goliath. And uh, he took Goliath's sword and beheaded Goliath after he knocked him out with a, a stone from his sling. And this is David's plan. He shows up in Goliath's hometown with Goliath's sword to hide from King Saul, the king of his country, who's looking for him. Now, I, I would have thought that if you were going to go try to hide somewhere, that one of the places you wouldn't want to go is the hometown of the champion that you took out and that the last thing you'd want to do is show up carrying his sword. It's kind of like just going in and going, nah, 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 I killed your guy. I, I mean, it just is. Uh, well, in case you think that would, like me, would cause problems, you're right, because uh, the, the king's advisor said, what is this guy doing here? And uh, they're ready to kill him. And so David figures the best thing for him to do is to start like acting like he's insane. And so he starts mumbling and letting spit and drool run down his beard and he's just mumbling and walking around like he's nuts. And the king says, I have enough crazy people. What is this guy doing? And, and they, they, instead of killing him, they just drive him you know, 
push him away. And David writes Psalm 56 uh, as his prayer song about this event in his life afterwards. It's kind of like a glimpse into his journal. His, uh, here's what he says, Psalm 56. Have mercy on me, O God, for men are attacking me all day long. Hostile enemies are tormenting me. Those who anticipate my defeat attack me all day long. Indeed, many are fighting against me, O exalted one. When I am afraid, I trust in you. In God, I boast in his promise. In God, I trust. I am not afraid. What can mere men do to me? All day long they cause me trouble. They make a habit of plotting my demise. They stalk and lurk. They watch my every step as they prepare to take my life. Because they are bent on violence, do not let them escape your anger. Bring down the nations, O God. You keep track of my misery. Put my tears in your container. They are, are they not recorded in your scroll? My enemies will turn back when I cry out to you. I know that God is on my side. In God, I boast in his promise. In the Lord, I boast in his promise. In God, I trust. I am not afraid. What can mere men do to me? I am obligated to fulfill the vows I made to you, O God. I will give you the thank offerings you deserve when you deliver my life from death. You keep my feet from stumbling so that I might serve God as I enjoy life. Okay. There's some stuff in this that we need to talk about. So let's first of all talk about David's enemies. And, and, and one of the things he says in here, do not let them escape in your anger, bring them down. Uh, that doesn't sound like a very Jesus-like prayer, does it? There are a lot of things like that in the Psalms that would make, make us go, Would Jesus say that? Okay, so let's let's talk about David's enemies and our enemies. David's enemies definitely were human beings who were intent on killing him. Literally. Literally intent on killing him. They were plotting his demise. They wanted to take his life. Saul wanted to kill him, and the Philistines wanted to kill him. Talk about being between a rock and a hard place. Okay, his response though, did you notice his response? He prayed. I want you to hold on to that. His prayer, his confidence in his prayer was, my enemies will turn back when I cry out to you. Now, for everybody who just really gets upset, and I know there are some, there are people who really get upset when they read these verses and they go, saying God in the Old Testament, he just hates people. You know, we, and I, I, I'm sorry, it does sound like I'm being uh, 
uncaring and sarcastic. And, and I don't mean that. I, I do want to, I do understand where people are coming from, but let's read the whole Bible. So let me take you to Ephesians chapter 6 so we can talk about who our enemies are and who I read when I say, when I hear David say things like, God, get my enemies. In Ephesians chapter 6, the apostle Paul writes, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, that is human beings, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. Our enemies are spiritual forces of evil. To which I say with David, get them, God. I got one amen. Hopefully there was somebody out there in, in, in the online world too. You know, one of the reasons, yeah, we as human beings are part of the reason that there is so much chaos and conflict and violence in the world. But another part of the reason there is chaos, conflict, and violence in the world are these spiritual forces of darkness and evil in the world because they stir us up. We have these selfish, I gotta have it now tendencies and these forces of evil stir it up. Get them, God. We got, we got enough problems of our own. We don't need their help. By the way, one of the things Jesus came to do was to destroy all the works of those people. Well, they're not people. All those beings those evil forces. So every time I read in the Psalms, verses like, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. Yes, the guy who wrote it at first had to, was visualizing actual physical enemies who were planning to come and attack him and kill him. But I think it's perfectly fine for us to visualize Rulers, powers, darkness, and forces of evil. Spiritual forces of evil. Arise, O Lord, and may all the forces of spiritual forces of evil be scattered before you. Oh, by the way, and our directions and how we're supposed to deal with this? Sound very similar to what David did. The Apostle Paul concludes with this. Pray at all times in the spirit with every kind of prayer and petition and to this end be alert with all perseverance and requests for all the saints. Pray, 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 and pray for each other. That brings us to a question, who or what do we trust? Where do we expect to find our security? See, David declared in this, when I am afraid, I trust in you, in God. I boast in his promise, 
In God, I trust. I am not afraid. In God, I boast in his promise. In the Lord, I boast in his promise. In God, I trust. I am not afraid. Trusting something or someone besides God is the only thing that prevents us from experiencing calm in the chaos and the conflict of this world. And if David could declare, when I am afraid, I trust in you, and that when I trust in God, I am not afraid, we ought to be able to say, I trust God, even more so. Because see, we can stand at the cross of Jesus, the uncontestable proof of God's love and care for us. We have every reason trust Jesus. We have even more reason than David to be able to say, I know God is on my side. The Apostle Paul again says, with God on our side like this, as he talks about all that God has done for us in Jesus, with God on our side like this, how can we lose if God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't gladly and freely do for us? I'm going to let that sit just for a moment. If God didn't hesitate to put everything on the line for us, embracing our condition and exposing himself to the worst by sending his own son, is there anything else he wouldn't freely and gladly do for us? No. And who would dare... This, I know this is a slightly different paraphrase than most of us have heard before, so don't go on autopilot because this is why I chose this. This is, this is different. I read this this week and I went, oh, this is so good. And who would dare tangle with God by messing with one of God's chosen kids? Who would dare even point a finger at them? The one who died for us, who was raised to life for us, is in the presence of God at this very moment, sticking up for us. We have the ultimate big brother. Do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness, not bullying threats, not backstabbing, not even the worst acts listed in scripture. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We're sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. I 
I am absolutely convinced that nothing, nothing living or dead, angelic or demonic, today or tomorrow, high or low, thinkable or unthinkable, absolutely nothing can get between us and God's love because of the way that Jesus, our master, has embraced us. You and I need to change the way we think about how we experience calm. We tend to focus on the wrong things. We tend to fix our attention on our comfort levels based on what's happening around us and our circumstances. We affix our attention on the things that are happening. We concentrate on our circumstances and that creates an inconsistent calm. When things are going well, we feel, oh, everything's good. Good things happen, such gentle ways. Storm kicks in, oh no, bad news. Hurricane comes, oh, it's all over. No calm. Everything calms back down. Oh, yeah, it's okay. It's just gone. When we concentrate on our circumstances, it creates an inconsistent calm, but concentrating on our connection with Jesus and his love for us creates a consistent calm, even though chaos is going on around us. That's why David could say, I trust in you, so I'm not afraid. Everybody around me is trying to kill me, literally. But I'm not afraid because they trust you. How does that work? It's the same way, same way it worked for David. David said, my enemies will turn back when I cry out to you, when I pray. We concentrate on our connection with Jesus the way we're advised to respond to our enemies, our spiritual enemies. Pray at all times in the spirit with every prayer and request and stay alert and intercede for the saints. Pray. We concentrate on our connection with Jesus by praying. We can experience calm in our chaos the same way Jesus did. I encourage you sometime this week, next few days, to pick one of the one of the records of Jesus' life, particularly either Matthew, Mark, or Luke, and read about Jesus' last day from the Last Supper through his crucifixion. Jesus stood calm, cool, and collected like the eye of a storm during the final hours of his life because in the Garden of Gethsemane he had a prayer time. In that prayer time he prayed, not my will but yours be done. He prayed 
His disciples didn't pray, and they all freaked out and ran. Jesus goes on trial. People are saying all kinds of things to him, and he's just calm. Standing in front of Pilate, Pilate says, don't you have something to say? Don't you know I have the power of life and death over you? David, or Jesus says to him, you don't have any power that God didn't give you. He's the only one that wasn't scared, freaked out, angry. We all need a persistent practice of prayer. And each one of us is going to have to determine the best time, the best place for us to do that. But each of us has got to develop a persistent practice of prayer to kind of keep that concentration on that connection with Jesus so that we can experience that calm. And we can have fairly good fairly measurement of our how well we're doing it concentrating on our connection with Jesus by how calm we feel. When I trust in you, I am not afraid. I'm freaked out. Okay, perhaps I'm not as connected to Jesus as I ought to be. I know this from my own experience. It's so like, when that happens, I, I say to myself, Mark, how's your prayer time? Sometimes the answer is not what I like. What prayer time? I'm too scared. <laughs> then maybe you ought to calm down long enough to at least talk to God about it. I'd like for us to do, uh, to sing a, a more current prayer song. David wrote his prayer song. Psalm 56 was his prayer song. I'd like to, us to sing a more current prayer song. Lord, I need you. Oh, I need you. Every hour, I need you. Just a confession. But we need him. We, we, we might be distracted by other things, but we need him every hour to give us peace in this world of conflict and chaos. Let's sing. Let's sing our prayer to him. You want to sit, you can sit right where you are if you want to stand. Let's sing this prayer. Mm -hmm. 
This is my prayer for you. May the Lord direct your hearts into God's love and Christ's perseverance. We are sent. Go with Jesus and change the world with his love.